The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're coming to you with another all lightning round edition of The Other Wrestling Show. Lightning round. Well, Joel, another action-packed dynamite here in the month-long pay-per-view event that is July. Uh, and I feel like we should start with some of these championship matches. So let's start with the main event uh, that just ended because we're recording right after the show. The Texas Death Match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. John Moxley versus Lance Archer. And Joel, pat yourself on the back, dude. You called this last week. I did not expect a title change here. It seems kind of out of nowhere, out of the blue. But Lance Archer got the win with a choke slam through a barbed wire table of death. Joel, what are your thoughts on this match here? Texas death match? We're like Texas fork match. <laughs> there was a lot of stabby, stabby, stabby in this one. Yes, a lot of, <laughs> lot of fork action going. I, have, I haven't seen fork action like that since I watched Mystery Men. So it's uh, pretty serious. <laughs> That reference went right over my head. I don't know what you're talking about. Fantastic. So there's this classic comedy film called Mystery Men. And uh, Hank Azaria plays a character who throws forks at people. Sounds like comedy gold. I'll have to check it out. It's a pretty bad movie, but it's fun. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Chokeslam through the barbar table. A lot of... uh, stabby stabby with the fork we had the kendo stick early on my favorite trope in wrestling using another person as a weapon lance archer did that to some poor soul in the crowd tonight so um for a match that was put together a week ago this was fun this was violent um i don't know if it's the most violent like hardcore stipulation match we've seen on tv uh because we've seen some pretty gnarly stuff but for what it was this was fun i enjoyed this uh I guess the question is, is does Archer hold the belt pass next week? And where does John Moxley go from here? I mean, I think this is a way to kind of get the title moving again. Mm-hmm. Now that NJPW is running shows and are kind of getting more back to normal in terms of their, their business and their wrestlers are able to travel. So, you know, Moxley holding the title, it's been quite a while at this point, almost a, year a year and a half. half. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and that's a relatively young title. It hasn't been around that long. Um, I think it was maybe two and a half, three years ago that that think- title came into being at the, the long beach. Um, Oh yeah, that was a great show. NJPW show that they did. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing. And, uh, I'm currently not watching NJPW. I, I haven't been into it for a while just because like I only really have time for one wrestling promotion in my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm glad for them that, that they've got this back. Uh, and, you know, if we get to see a little bit more involvement with the NJPW talent on AEW, I'm totally down for that. In terms of where Moxley goes next, I have no idea. I mean... Yeah. All the titles, all of the things that are obvious feel like they're already kind of tied up. So, 
you know, I, I'm not sure where he fits, but I, I know there's a lot of talent on this roster and we've got a new show coming into play in three weeks. Uh, wow. Or four yeah. weeks. So either way, you it's know, coming up. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be three weeks from Friday. It's, it's very soon though. And you know, there are going to need to be some new feuds added into the mix. And uh, I, I think rampage is going to kind of change things up a bit. And maybe that makes some room for, for Moxley to be involved in something new, something different, something we haven't seen before. Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking of people on the top of my head right now that he could interact with, you know. Maybe a showdown with Miro could make sense. You know, I know Miro is going to defend the championship when they return to Davies Place in August, so maybe that's a short-term thing that can get us to that. Maybe it's something they could do at All Out. So, um, yeah, it definitely opens uh, a lot of things up, and we know Renee had and him had their baby and he's back on the road full time. So um, I wonder if it might be a while before he's back into some like longer term feud, because like you said, a lot of the matches that we expect to store and stories we expect to see at our loud are already underway in terms of being developed um, and whatnot. So, uh, but yeah, Joel, I think that's um, actually fun stat. John Moxley has the most title defenses of that championship. (laughs) More than anyone That's else who surprising. held the title. Yeah, the I mean, only he's other held person it longer than anyone else uh, yeah. who, who's had that title, and and by a pretty wide margin. I mean, the f- first title holder, Kenny Omega, defended it four times. No one else has more than three, and Moxley had five title defenses as champion. So um, now, five hundred sixty-four days with a lot of that being a uh, pandemic is eh, a little, you know, might fudge the numbers there a little bit, but. Yeah. So, Joel, what do you got for a man lightning round? Let's move on. Uh, so my favorite match of the night was Britt Baker and Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's Championship. I thought this match was fantastic. And I thought Britt Baker in particular worked her ass off and was just flying around the ring. Really, really impressive. Very quick transitions. Some new innovations in her moveset. Uh, I really liked the kind of diving rolling crucifix bomb that she hit uh, towards mm-hmm. the kind of middle end of, of the match. And just I'm continually impressed by the way that she adds to her repertoire and then innovates off of the things that she already has in store. We saw a couple of vicious curb stomps in this match. And then ultimately Nyla Rose tapping out to the lockjaw. So uh, just more for the legacy of, of Britt Baker. Yeah. I, I thought this match was fine. I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was anything special, but maybe it's just, I don't know. I'm kind of a little out on Nyla Rose and ring at the moment. I don't know. It kind of seems to be some of the same stuff, but um, yeah, it, it served its purpose. It was a good first title fence. We needed someone who, we knew she wasn't going to drop the belt too. I don't think anyone really thought that Britt would be one and done here as AW women's champion. Um, I hope that this is kind of a, this is it, you know, Britt Baker can move on to a new challenger here. Uh, we have a heel champion for the first time in over a year. So give me a real baby face, not this kind of back and forth Nyla with like the big show type of thing, not really knowing what 
she is or what her motivations are. So um, I've been I've been seeing that we've got a bit more of Big Swole on AW Dark and Elevation recently. I think that's someone you could easily revisit. Maybe not another match at All Out since they, or maybe maybe we do get their actual in ring match because we got the Tooth and Nails match at All Out last year. It would be kind of nice to get them in a ring and get them a full story, full match. And I feel like that'd be a really easy place to go to without having to kind of, you know, they already had the story. They already have this history with each other. I feel like you could start that feud up and no one would really complain and it would deliver. So yeah, let's get, get some big soul here. Or I don't know, man, did you see Thunder Rosa's reaction on elevation or dark yesterday? Cause it was in one of the te- Texas tapings. The fans went freaking nuts, dude. <laughs> like, and I know she had a match at Impact. Was it Bound for Glory over the weekend? Slammiversary. Slammiversary. I can can never remember their pay-per-view titles. But um, like I'd be fine going back to Thunder Rosa because that story doesn't feel finished yet either. So um with Baker as champion, we, you know, I I was <laughs> I know I mentioned before I want new feuds here, like fresh feuds with a heel champ, and I just mentioned two that she's already had <laughs> in the last year. But I think they'd be really good and I think they're more believable as a she could actually drop the belt in one of those matches. I don't think she will, but she definitely could. So I have a slightly different tack on this, which is, you know, we've been promised a lot of new talent and surprises with the debut of of rampage coming up and so far pretty much all of that has been on the men's side Mm -hmm. of the card and i'd like to see somebody brought in a bigger name who can step in and and be a challenger for Britt baker somebody that the crowd can get excited about and rally behind so Mm -hmm. uh that's that's kind of what i'm looking for i i haven't put a ton of thought into it to like have names off the top of my head who I know are available, but you know, I I think it's a great moment for that when, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, some of the the more natural feuds to go to are things that we've already seen. And it's been a little bit stagnant lately. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like all the women's matches are taking place on dark and on elevation if they're not directly involved in the title picture. So like I'm I'm ready to see someone built up on mm-hmm. dynamite get that time so that when we have this next challenger they do feel more legitimate and they do feel like somebody who can actually contend and not just someone who's being fed to the DMD machine. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one per- one one person in this like ooh that'd be really awesome out of nowhere kind of thing. She's not a free agent, she's She's with a uh, a company right now. Um, I would love to see her go one on one with Jordan Grace from Impact. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that would be a fantastic match. We know AEW and Impact have some sort of working relationship, and we talked about when we that started forming. Man, what a benefit to the AEW's women's division! They got to work with the Knockouts division because the Knockouts division is so deep. Chelsea Green debuted with uh, Matt Cardona the other night. Like that's another person that would be awesome to put into a story here but i think jordan i think jordan grace would be my like number one i would like to see what they could do because i feel like the match would be awesome yeah i mean if you open it up to people in the knockouts division in impact i mean you've got sue young is over there rosemary's Mm -hmm. over there 
there is so much talent in that division, and I would be happy to see any of them, really. I mean, you've got Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan. There's a ton of talent that works with Impact. I know the, uh, I believe the Iconics uh, 90 Day No Compete clause is coming to an end soon. Yeah, I think Cassie be, Lee would be another one that yeah. I'd be thrilled to see. She is an incredible worker. And I've always been really high on Cassie Lee and, and her ability. Yeah, so just yeah, just some fantasy booking here. But uh, let's move on, Joel. And I, I played a little clip for you uh, before we started recording, but it was super loud, so I'm not going to do it again. This is going to be very short. Chavo Guerrero is all elite, my dude. Introduced by El Andrade El Idolo during his uh, little confrontation with the Death Triangle. And I just love this, man. I love Chavo. He's such a cool guy. I don't know if you've listened to him on podcasts, like talking about how like glow and the work that they did behind the scenes there. But he's just like he's just a wrestling guy and he's such a great talker. He's a natural heel. And I love the fit of Chavo and Andrade more than Vicky and Andrade. Like, I just think it has more potential. Um, but the the question I have from this segment is if Death Triangle and particularly Phoenix and Penta are not going to join El Idolo, who, who's in uh, Andrade's corner for this eventual match or feud? Could we get more debuts here? I mean, I I don't know, but I think and kind of the feeling that I got from the way that promo went down and the way that Penta and Phoenix reacted Mm -hmm. is that if he wants to be the guy and and, you know, be the the best, he's got to beat the best. And right now they're the best. So I get the impression that there's going to be a little bit of a struggle to see like who's top dog here. So we might see. Uh, Andrade versus Phoenix versus Penta, like possibly versus even Pentaco. <laughs> yeah, possibly even see like a triple threat match, which would be awesome. Yeah. Um, that would be you good. Know, cause, cause King of the Luchadors match match. Exactly. Because we've seen Penta and Phoenix kind of beef with one another mm-hmm. not that long ago. So, you know, I, I think if this continues and El Idolo can get under their skin a little bit and you know, continue to prod and jab and, you know, be smarmy and charismatic. I think that would be a great direction for this to go in. Uh, I don't need this to be another faction versus faction feud. (laughs) I think we've got a lot of that going on right now. And I want to see something more like, you know, and I know it's kind of weird because there's some faction involvement, but more like what's going on with Chris Jericho and MJF right now, where it's a long sustained story about the two of them, everyone mm-hmm. else involved as a prop. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely, you could do that kind of triple threat type thing, even in like August leading up to all out, then you could have Andrade versus Pac at all out. Like there's a lot of combinations here that could work. That would also give us some really good matches here. So um, what I also really liked in the segment, Joel, that they just let him speak in Spanish. Like it was a huge part of the promo. And yeah, you got the general tone. Like I didn't know anything that Phoenix said, but when he said familia and then pointed to death triangle, I'm like, okay, he says, this is my family. Like I get it. Like you don't, it wrestling's a universal language. Like we get the tropes. We get 
the body language, the the you know tempo. Well, you know, you, you say something with a particular inflection and with certain body language, and it can be understood. Like, I mean, I I watch things like TV shows and stuff in other languages all the time, and you know, there's subtitles, but the subtitles don't convey the emotion and wrestling promos are all about emotion. So, you know, it it doesn't really matter that much. And the crowd was still reacting to it. I mean, I know it's a Texas crowd and there's probably a (laughs) lot of Spanish speakers in attendance, but you don't need to know the exact words that someone is saying to know that they just said something, you know, that, and and also you have the reaction of the person receiving the promo, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a lot to go off of, even without knowing the specific text, you can respond to the context and the subtext. Exactly. Exactly. And more importantly, Chavo Guerrero. All right, Joel, (laughs) what do you got for me next? Chavo Guerrero wasn't the only person to make his AEW debut. Mm -mm -mm. And I think we do have to take a little bit of time to talk about Nick effing Gage. Oh my God. (laughs) When MJF said the line about someone who robbed a bank without a mask on, I was like, wait, is this going to be Nick Gage? No way this is Nick Gage. (laughs) It's Nick Gage. Chris Jericho is going to die. Yes. Yes, Jericho is going to die. And my dumbass was like, did Warlow rob a bank? Because like, <laughs> I was just, I, I, I just, I could have sworn that it was going to be Jericho versus members of the Pinnacle. And I think they said that, but it's also like, I'm MJF. I can change the stipulations whenever I want. He changed that if anyone helps you, you lose. So, um, yeah, the, uh, who who was it during the um, Jericho? Was it Jericho Moxley where they had what's his name? The Samoan wrestler, really built guy, NJPW. Yes, it was. It feels like Jeff Cobb. Where it's like Jeff Cobb came in for two weeks. Yeah, part of a st- part of a bigger story, but just showed up, kicked some ass, and then was gone. This feels almost like the an exact same play, same playbook, and everything, and. And I, I know Nick Gage by reputation alone. I've never like, I've seen clips, but I've never seen him in person. I've never seen a match all the way through. I just know this guy's a crazy motherfucker and we're getting him on TNT. Like, (laughs) yeah, I saw a bunch of people (laughs) tweeting about it. Like, I don't think TNT knows what they just agreed to. (laughs) I mean, like, you know what? I might've seen him because he's, he works for GCW, right? Yeah. He might have been at that GCW show I went to before All Out a few years ago. So I might have seen him in person. No confirmation yet. But still. But yeah, I this mean, guy, I, I, this guy shouldn't really be on TV. <laughs> I'm really excited because, I mean, I think this is just such a cool thing for Jericho, too. Like, mm-hmm. Nick Gage is one of the biggest names on the indies right now. And Chris Jericho is one of the biggest names of all time. So this is, it's really cool of him to be doing this and you know giving nick gage the rub of being on dynamite having this match where like jericho's gonna get the hell beaten out of him because he's the baby face in this scenario so Mm -hmm. you know it's going to be a brutal and violent affair and nick gage is gonna look like a million bucks and you know 
Jericho's going to go over because that's the story of this feud, but that doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. No. We, we, we talk all the time. The, the, the journey, the, the, the outcome can be predictable as long as the story and the journey are, are good. Like, I don't, I, we know Jericho's going to face MJF. We know it's going to happen. Let's make it fun along the way. And Joel, that chair, the chair match was pretty fun. I thought that was a good match. Like, I think it told a story that I needed to tell. And, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of liked MJF on commentary. I think he kind of has a, a natural voice for it. So what do you think of this match? We're just combining the two things into one here. I thought the match itself was great. Uh, as you know, I'm a big mark for Sean Spears. And so I was excited to see him get a spotlight. You know, the three most important matches on an episode of Dynamite are the first match, the last match, and the crossover from the 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock mm-hmm. hour. So, uh, you know, for Sean Spears, this is great. Uh, a singles match against the biggest name in the company. And, you know, really, really fun stuff that happened throughout the match. I love the... I'm a sucker for the I'm going to use a chair to escape from a submission hold spot. Like, mm-hmm. it's been done time and time again. And it always gets a pop from me. So uh, I, I like how it was kind of teased in this match. It didn't happen right away. And then, you know, there was a little bit of interference. And then finally, Sean Spears manages to bash Chris Jericho with the chair and, and kind of get himself <laughs> back into the advantage. Uh, but super fun. And um, I thought this was the best Chris Jericho has looked in a match, in a singles match in a long time. This was really good stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I don't recall it being in like a particularly long match, but I think the gimmick helped um, because he's not trying to do a lot of the things that he tries to do in a regular match. He um, hit a top rope Hurricane Rana. Like, no, he, I know he, he did a lot in this match, and and I honestly think it has more to do with him being back in front of a big crowd. I think at this stage in his career, Jericho needs that. He needs to have a big crowd supplying that energy, making those bumps hurt a little bit less. Because to my eyes, he was moving faster in this match and he wasn't taking as long to get up off the mat. I just thought his overall work rate was significantly better than we've seen in a while. I thought the match was good. I don't think he looked particularly faster or anything like that, but that's just me. Um, I did enjoy it though. I, if this is how you're going to use Jericho, this is how you should use Jericho. Like he, we're going to see a lot of them cause he has a few more labors to go through. But um, if, if this, these are the type of matches he's putting on, then I, I can, I can be with it. I can be with it. Um, Joel, I'm going to take you to the funniest segment of AEW Dynamite tonight, and that was the showdown between Orange Cassidy and Sting uh, on the outside of the ring. And my God, when Sting very casually beat his chest, (laughs) (laughs) dude, this was so fucking funny. If you haven't seen the clip, it's on Twitter. The gifs are everywhere. This was so much fun. And the fact that Sting initiated the the thing, that made it even better. That was so good. Yeah, totally agree. This this was the moment of the show that like stands out to me the most, honestly. 
just because it it felt like such a you know such a pro wrestling thing like i think this Mm -hmm. is something we're going to talk about for a long time like hey remember that time that sting and orange cassidy did the you know the weenie kicks and then the (laughs) the weenie super kick and it's just great like it's great they they super kicked at the same time so it's like they dapped up but with their feet like (laughs) it was so funny i i love this stuff orange cassidy rules once again Sting is amazing. He can make anything great. So let's move on. Joel, what do you got for me? Um, I really enjoyed, since we're on the topic of Orange Cassidy, I really enjoyed his match with the Blade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I enjoyed the Blade throughout this episode. You know, he showed yes. up at the end of the Wheeler Yuta Darby Allen match and hit Orange Cassidy with what has become his signature brass knuckles. And then you know, had this just shit eating grin on his face (laughs) as he went back up the ramp. And it's like, oh, how can you be mad at him? He's so happy. Just look at him. And, you know, then he comes out later on and he thinks he's won the match in classic heel fashion. He's, you know, posing with the baby face sneaking up right behind him. And I just thought it was really great heel work from the blade. And I thought this match was really, really excellent. Yeah, it was really well done. Um, I, I kind of love, obviously, you don't want a tag team partner to get hurt. But we've seen AEW kind of give these uh, wrestlers kind of a little push opportunity when their tag team partners go down. We saw it with Trent uh, last year when Chucky was out. And we were talking about Trent as one of the best workers in the company there for a while from the work that he was doing. Uh, we saw in Helico um, when Jack Evans was out last year get some... Uh, shine and get some matches on dynamite and the blades a really good worker and a really good storyteller like i know he's had single matches on in aw before but this match was really good they told a really good story a really uh fun ending and the bunny is just an excellent uh manager and ring character too like her work in this match was great um and i i I've, I've always loved brass knucks. I always go back and think of power of the punch in the video games where you could copy William Regal's finisher and just knock someone out. So um, maybe a little gimmick infringement, but I'm all for it. And Cassidy now owns those knucks. Those are his. He put them in his pants. <laughs> you, you did gone screwed up there, blade. <laughs> um, I'm going to choose something real quick. I'm just trying to remember what exactly was on the show. Cause this was a big show. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I've got something else I can throw to real quick, which was the Kenny Omega and Don Callis stuff uh, mm-hmm. after the Doc Gallows and Frankie Kazarian match. I thought this was really fun. I am really enjoying the heel work from Kenny Omega. I love that he couldn't come up with like the most <laughs> obvious and trite line on his own. So he had to have Don Callis whisper it in his ear so that, you know, he could say the hunter has become the hunted. And it's like, that's just so painfully obvious. obvious. Yep. And so how do you deliver that line and make it fun and interesting? You fail to deliver the line and you have to have your smarmy manager feed the line to you. And, and then, of course, you know, you give the line on the microphone and look all proud of yourself. Great stuff. And I love the, the big bandage on his forehead. Yeah, that ridiculously big um 
yeah, that that segment was fun. The match itself was fun between Kazarian and Doc Gallows here. Um, Gallows is a big dude. I always forget how big he is. Um, yeah. But yeah, th- this was good. I was kind of surprised that uh, Kazarian took the L in one of his first one-on-one Elite Hunter matches. So that was a bit surprising. But um, loved the Dark Order. Hangman Page coming out there at the end. I think that's our team because it was Hangman Page um alex reynolds john silver evil uno and Stu grayson the rest of the dark order didn't come out so i'm guessing that's the five members for the elimination match which i believe we're getting next week now i think they said next week um i can't wait for that match that match is going to be just crazy fun um yeah my I, I was going to talk about that as i was searching for things um so you stole it from me there um but God, I'm having a real hard time picking out things. All right. Usually I'm I a can, lot, I can I'm throw usually a lot better right after the show, man. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I got it. I got it. Santana, Ortiz, FTR, the little video promo with Santana's like, I'm going to stop you here. And just with laying down the pictures, this was my mom. This is the court where she would fight, like fight for us. Like that was wonderful. And Give me the New York City boys over the country boys every day. I think if there's anything you know about me that I'm 100% going to be rooting for Santana Ortiz in this match. And I hope they put, I hate that line. I care about my God, my family and whatever my passion is. I've heard that so many fucking times with that stupid accent. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Santana Ortiz are my boys. You're not supposed (laughs) to like FTR here. I know, I know. I hate them. I hate them. And Santana and Ortiz are awesome and really good work from Santana. We've really seen over the last year how good he is in promos, how good he is in segments. Um, such a talent. And once like like we talked about with the inner circle pinnacle stuff, this is a smaller feud within the bigger feud, and this is keeping it interesting. And you know, these guys are gonna just tear down the house. Like yeah. this match is going to be super fun. Like I'm trying to like this could it's be pretty. It's pretty obvious, right? Like who the top two tag teams in AEW mm-hmm. are, and it's FTR and it's the Young Bucks. Like that's pretty indisputable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Santana and Ortiz are right there, and it's kind of a you know one A one B one C kind of situation. They're that good, and some of the best tag team matches in AEW history, including my favorite uh, tag team match in AEW history have involved Santana and Ortiz. The parking lot brawl is still my favorite tag team match in AEW. Possibly my favorite match in AEW. That match was flawless. (laughs) And, and here's the thing too, like FTR and the young bucks have been in the title picture. When was the last time Santana and Ortiz were in the title picture? Was it like right after they debuted, maybe? Because it's did been they a just while. Kinda, like I can't remember them being in a title match. It's been a long time, if ever. So, um, if we get them back into the tag team, we need these two teams to kind of be freed up to potentially give us our all-out challenger. If it's not going to be the Dark Order, if they win next week, so um, yeah, I'm so excited. I really, really think it's going to be. Santana Ortiz going over, but you never know. This could not sure this so. might not be done. I'll, I'll yeah. be rooting for him. Me too. Me too. City boys for life, Joel. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> What's your next item? 
So uh, I'm really starting to to throw a stock up on Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, dude. I had not heard of him before last week. This dude can work. He was out there with Darby Allen and matched him step for step, which is incredible. They had a mm-hmm. great match. I really loved the way Darby was selling his back throughout the match and that Yuta was kind of in that role of I'm not a heel, but I know that I'm outmatched here. So I'm going to take every opportunity that I can. And that includes exploiting your back. Like, sorry, dude, but I got to do it because otherwise I got no shot. And I thought they told a really good story with this match. And it was a lot of fun, some great spots. And I'm just very, very impressed with Wheeler Yuta. Dude can go. Yeah, he has a he has a great look. He has a great style. Um, it's just he's put with a great group right now too. The best friends are so over with the fans that just being associated with them is going to get you some positive uh, reactions here. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, big fan. And Joel, just to give you a little insight into my searching for topics, I accidentally scrolled too far down on my Twitter feed because I live tweeted tonight. So I was looking at stuff from Blood and Guts. No wonder I couldn't find something to talk about that was relevant. Solid. Um, I'm kind of I'm got that's kind of it for me in terms of uh, dynamite. But I'm gonna mention one thing, Joel. I went to my first live wrestling show since the start of the pandemic uh, on Friday night last week. How was that? It was, a, it was good. It was a small small local promotion up here in New England, Top Row Promotions. Uh, but we actually. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention to Dark or Elevation, but um, Jorah Joel, who is in a story right now with the Hardy family office, is from Boston area. He's from Boston, lives up in Burlington, um, and he was kind of one of the main guys at the show. And like seeing an AEW wrestler, you know, in person is something I've missed. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been able to do that. And it was a fun show, man. Like it was at a VFW, like the closest you can get to a bingo hall. It was maybe, <laughs> maybe like a hundred people inside and uh, just a really fun environment. And I, the promotion seems to kind of tout um, family friendly. So like it was a really fun sh- crowd. Uh, you know, the fans heckled, but it was very uh, you know, PG stuff. And it's funny, Joel, I've been going to wrestling for like 20 years now and I've never been like heck, like, a heel has never pointed to me and like kind of taunted me from the ring. I brought our mutual friend or acquaintance, whatever you call him, Josh with us. And he was wearing an Italy shirt for the soccer. And one of the wrestlers who came out first was like a Greek wrestler with the Greek flag, Greek, everything. And he points to Josh and puts the L up to his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Lily, we were at the show for five minutes and Josh is getting taunted by this heel in the ring. That's and Josh awesome. was like, what, me? And like, Josh was like, well, boo. Like, Josh <laughs> got into it. But it was just super funny because like, I'm like, Josh, do you know how crazy that is? I've never had that done to me at a wrestling show. And you got called out five minutes into your first event. So we had we had Eddie Kingston, a crucifix bomb Kruger into our seats we that did happen but it wasn't directed at us <laughs> like he it wasn't like felt personal he's like kruger's coming to you and like yeah so 
that might be the closest. That might be the closest. But I mean, um, he did look at our section and wave for everybody to get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of liability if you use a human as a weapon on a person who's not a con- like contractually obligated, you know, talent. Like, just saying. But long story short, it was super fun to be in fr- like in a wrestling crowd again. They had a merchandise stand where I bought like this old school Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, slim jim tin oh wow <laughs> very random like i'm pretty sure they just go like to places and buy stuff at like on sale like they had old wwe shirts like you could get um a carlito caribbean cool t-shirt at the show which was super oh weird. wow <laughs> and they had all like these old action figures and stuff you could get daniel bryan like yes towels it was it was it was interesting and the pizza was cold dominoes i loved it it was fun just throwing this out there, if uh, if Carlito were to show up in AEW and uh, and come to the aid of Andrade El Idolo, I would lose my damn mind. Dude, I Carlito can do anything and I would lose my damn mind. He could show up in my apartment right now and I'd be like, dude, you want an apple? Like, <laughs> you spit it in my face? I'm vaccinated. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Also, keep an eye on, on Joro Joel. Um, he uh he's been doing this stuff with Matt Hardy, super talented guy, good look. Um I think he think they have something with him, so. All right, very cool. Yeah. You got anything else about the show after my indie wrestling talk? Uh I I don't. Um I think there's a lot like coming up on on the calendar that we're going to have to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um I, I do I do find it interesting, like all uh, and we said we might talk about this before we we got on to record, like all the rumors that are flying around Mm -hmm. right now. And, you know, obviously, if anything comes of any of that, we'll spend some time talking about it because it'd be kind of a huge deal. But I just kind of wanted to like it kind of frustrates me because anytime there's stuff like this, it builds up this huge expectation Mm -hmm. and then anything short of you know, one of the four biggest names in the history of professional wrestling showing up (laughs) at your promotion is a disappointment. Like we should be crazy excited about the things that did happen on dynamite tonight. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there are a lot of people talking about what didn't happen or what hasn't happened yet. And it's like, okay, cool. Like these possibilities exist, but they've existed for a while and they haven't happened yet. So like, let's enjoy the product that's in front of us. And um, you know, leave the speculation to people who uh, rely on clicks for a paycheck. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to get lost in those wrestling rumors. I I remember when Brock Lesnar came back to WWE a few years ago. This was after his like long, long like UFC and JPW. Like, and I remember like rumors all weekend of WrestleMania. Lesnar's coming back. Lesnar's coming back, and then. WrestleMania came and went, no Lesnar. And I remember the IWC being very frustrated and pissed. Well, guess what? The following night on Raw, we got a great return where Lesnar F5 John Cena to hell. Like it was great. And it's a memory. And what what's a constant theme with AEW's uh like debuts? We never hear a fucking thing about it. Like we didn't hear about Brian Cage. We didn't hear about Ricky Starks. We didn't hear about any of these debuts, they just happen. So the fact that we started hearing noise about, and I'm going to say the name CM Punk and Brian Danielson the last 48 hours, 
it goes against what we've gotten from AEW. So it very well could happen, but you know, they're not going to let it like slip. Like it's not going to be, Oh, a Twitter release. Like maybe they advertise that have time to get like a big ratings draw. But when we know, we know they're not going to let it slip. No wrestling dirt. sheet is going to report they've signed before AEW wants us to know they're signed. And man, like once again, trying not to overhype it, but if they did pull off a CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, sorry, Brian Danielson signing, it'd be a coup, man. It'd be such a freaking coup. And we were texting earlier about it. I likened it to the outsiders arriving in WCW and you said it would be bigger, which is just wild. So going to be a fun couple weeks, man. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Wrestling's fun. Indeed. Indeed. I just, I really, I want Dan House, and that's who I want in, uh, in AEW. Yes, Joel, we know you want Dan Housen, okay? It's, I do find it funny that all day people have been talking about CM Punk and Danielson, and AEW's like, well, how about a Nick fucking Gage? <laughs> like, and Chavo Guerrero. <laughs> and yeah. Chavo Guerrero. Does this work? Are you happy? I'm like, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is fine. Like, like I, I sent holy shit balls to one of my friends who wasn't watching Dynamite. He's like, which one is it? Is it punk? I'm like, Dan's I'm like, no, it's Nick fucking Gage. And he's like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's gonna be fun, man. I, I can't wait to see what the next uh, month and a half is. And I don't know. I always I, I think I always I think all out's my favorite like pay-per-view because hey, I've been to it and it kind of all started with the first all in event. So I always kind of look at the September event as like the big one. So I'm really excited to see what they do here and, and what we're going to get at that show. And it's like six weeks away, right? Yeah. Which will be here before you know it, because Joel, it is, it is July 21st of 2021. Um, I couldn't save this episode as fire fighter fest night two because we already have an episode saved as fighter fest fighter fest night two. So the fact that we've been doing this, why well, I have to add like 2021 or version two. Uh, I don't know what my point is. Time flies. Wear a helmet. <laughs> All right, guys, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show, Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can follow Joel at the other Joel. You can follow me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can get the podcast anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere. We're there. Come subscribe. You can email us at theotherwrestlingshow at gmail.com. And Joel, anything to say before I locate the drop on my top screen? Because I forgot I have to do this. Sign Dan Housen or be cursed. Or we give you Nick fucking Cage. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.